All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is another edition of the Betting Filter Podcast, a sports handicapping podcast primarily covering college athletics. In today's episode, like always, we will be going over the Saturday slate in college basketball, as well as looking at some of the midweek games that um, we uh, we either had action on or that we, we have watched closely, um, as well as just touching on some overarching themes of uh kind of what this time of year means for uh for betters of college basketball and uh how that how we'll transition out of that into conference play here going forward over the next uh month or so so um yeah but before we get into all that um you can find me on twitter at betting filter that'll be the quickest way to get my plays um, as they are released if you'd rather have email blasts sent out to you you can sign up for those at my blog at bettingfilter.wordpress.com that's also a good place to um, see my overall record for uh, each individual sport um, and keep up with just everything's documented there. Um, but with that out of the way, we'll go ahead and look at um, the week so far. And uh, really, there's not much to talk about other than, um, I think, a more overarching picture, like I said earlier, of just me um, looking to pick my spots, be really greedy with the numbers that I'm looking for. Uh, you know, I don't want a, a one or a uh, one and a half point overlay. If I can get like two points better than my perceived, um, you know, what you know what I perceive the line should be, then uh, I'll look to fire there. But uh, really, I'm I'm even um, more so than that. I'm looking at uh, probably at least three points off the number uh, to consider betting it. And so far this week, uh, you know, I don't you know just in uh, to save time, I won't go back through. Uh, and discuss all those games, but it would have been roughly like a seven and six week. Uh, we only ended up picking out one of those bets. That was yesterday. Um, North Texas, which was a loser. Uh, North Texas minus 18 against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, um, that it, that game looked like it was going to cover there. You know, maybe five minutes into the second half, they were up by 16. Um, and then they kind of faded down the stretch. So, uh, you know, it's a loss. Uh, always tough to say, you know, whether it's deserved or undeserved. As, uh, it doesn't much matter anyways. But, I, uh, yeah, so, I mean, looking at it, 7-6, to six, that would have been, you know, decent. But I also feel like, uh, you know, if you lose, you know, really would have, which would have been probably less than a unit uh, by, you know, being kind of conservative this time of year, that's probably um, – more advisable in the long run um you know that that seven and six week could have could have easily been a you know uh you know could have been a multiple unit loser so um though it is good to see that the market um and that discipline of kind of narrowing the card has uh would have still led to uh you know an overall positive uh monday through friday stretch but um, we will get into, or really Monday through Thursday. I'm, I don't have any action on the card for Friday as we speak now. Um, we're just going to focus our efforts now into previewing Saturday's card. Um, we'll start with the Illinois versus Missouri game. This will be played on a neutral floor. Um, you know, looking at Illinois, they've, they've kind of been up and down this year. They started off... Um, pretty well first game of the year they look like every you know the team that everyone expected them to be um and then really ever since then they've been kind of on a downslide now 
I think that, um, uh, you know, a lot of that is just their, the difficulty of their schedule. They've got a top 25 schedule to this point. I mean, you've got teams like Gonzaga, Iowa State, uh, Xavier, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Ohio State. I mean, uh, you would have liked to seen a team like Illinois, uh, you know, win one or two of those, uh, which they did not. But, um, you know, they've taken care of business against, um, you know, lesser talented teams and uh, no top 100 wins at this point. Uh, which is what they would have to do to beat Missouri here. I'm not, um, I'm not all that high on Missouri. That's definitely uh, part of um, the reason why I like this game. I think if you take time and look at um, where Missouri gets their offense from, it, it's really um, Mark Smith or, I mean, who else scares you outside of Mark Smith? I mean, he's he's shooting 47% from three. And, uh, I mean, just a beast, but, I mean, if you if they're able to take away him or um, if he's just having an off night shooting, who do they go to? I mean, you could, I mean, I could see Geis stepping up and um, scoring for them, but outside of that, I don't know that you're really all that worried. Illinois, much more balanced. Um, they really have got uh, probably three or four guys that uh, on any given night can really step up and uh, score the ball for them. Uh, the issues with Illinois, though, um, like I said, they haven't beaten a top 100 team this year, uh, though they have had um, a, about six opportunities to. Um, definitely disappointing, um, but I think that might help them here. I think that they'll be hungry to prove that um, you know they're better than their record suggests here. Right before the break, uh, on the other, you know, on the other side of it, though, Missouri. They do have some top 100 wins. They might not, you know, just be as hungry or they might be complacent. Um, So, you know, I mean, if Missouri comes out flat in this game, um, you know, I think, okay, so where does does Missouri's game plan uh, lie? Uh, Really it's relying on uh, a pretty good defense. Um, But they don't defend the three all that well, and that's kind of where Illinois is – offense lies as well um you know this is just going to be a good game it should be close i mean you're trying to find small edges here i think that uh you know when it comes you know simply put illinois is the better team um and you're catching them on a neutral floor at plus one i'm gonna go with that and uh, yeah let's just go ahead and jump over to the next game that'll be the seton hall uh, maryland game this will be played at maryland Currently, the line is at uh, Maryland minus eight and a half. Um, my buy point um, was Seton Hall plus nine, so uh, technically we could go ahead and get him uh, get it here. Um, if you want to wait till nine or nine and a half, uh, I don't blame you. Um, you know, Maryland. It's it's hard to pick any uh, you know anything out against them here. Um, they looked really good against Virginia earlier in the season. Um, they, they, they also played who they uh, Purdue was the other top 25 team that they played nearly beat them on the road so um, you know really strong showing uh, however you know if you look at their win who have they actually beaten um, best team Loyola Chicago uh, they did win that game pretty impressively though um, they won that game by 13 55 41 I mean that's a great defensive performance there on a uh, well, it was on a neutral floor, but uh, nonetheless, a, a very good uh, showing from that 
from them there. But, um, you know, it, that kind of leads me to the point, though, that I'm, I'm going to get at here, and that's uh, the strength of schedule difference between the two teams here and uh, how that could possibly be inflating uh, Maryland's value in the market, uh, you know, relative to uh, Seton Hall here. Um, Seton Hall has played the 37th toughest schedule to this point. Uh, at where uh, Maryland has played the 230th. So um, uh, while you can point out, it's like Maryland can only play who's on their schedule. I understand that. Uh, it's very well could be um, the case with them. But uh, overall, I, I, I just don't see them being eight and a half or nine points better than, uh, you know, Seton Hall, who, like I said, is, um, you know, a, a top 50 team in the country. So, uh I mean, just to really, I mean, uh, for teams on the road, you really have to worry about turnovers and, um, you know, are, are they one-dimensional on offense? Are they, uh, do they, you know, defense travels, do they have a good defense? And, the, you know, uh, Seton Hall kind of checks uh, every one of those boxes. Uh, I think they can go on the road here and, um, uh, you know, get the win. They, they went, well, kind of on the road. They were on, uh, they went neutral site and beat, uh, a really talented Kentucky team, a Kentucky team that's obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but uh, that is better than um, than Maryland. And they also went to a neutral site and beat Miami, um, you know, a team uh, very close and uh, I would say very comparable to Maryland. So, um, you know, they've been there. They've done that. Uh, you're, you're giving them eight and a half points here. Um, I'm probably going to have to take that. I, uh, you know, I, just looking at uh, injuries, I do not see anything as of right now. F- um, just trying to find out why this, why there might be value on Seton Hall here. Not, I'm not seeing anything um, as we speak. So I, I'll probably be adding Seton Hall to my card, uh, be it now or um, at at eight and a half or. Um, kind of watch the market and see if uh, any nines start popping and then maybe wait on it uh, for those uh, books that I have uh, that I have action in so um, yeah so that that'll be that game yeah we'll jump over to a um, yeah San Diego State's hosting uh, BYU now um, those of you who've been following this podcast you know that I'm um, we went against BYU. I feel like it was a couple weeks back. Um, they were at home against Utah State, who, you know, I really like. You know, top thirty-five team, underrated in the markets. Often, uh, we've actually cashed multiple tickets with them. Um, I thought we got a good number in that game. It ended up being it was just a blowout. Utah State got run out of the building. Uh, a lot of that was due to. Um, BYU's, uh, you know, a hot shooting night for them, 11 for 24 in that game. Um, you know, this team is bottom, you know, I mean, bottom 50 in the country at three-point percentage, and we got blitz that night. I mean, it was just a tr- the true outliers, the game that we, uh, you know, went against them. Uh, so I'm not going to let that uh, affect me too much, but it did enter my mind when I first looked at them. Um you know, looking at their team, I mean, they're just a high-variance team. Like I said, they, uh, you know, outside of that, they did upset Utah State. Um, outside of that, I would say that their best win looks like maybe Utah Valley. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, you have losses to teams like Illinois State and Weber State. Um, so, I mean, it's just a high-variance uh, team in BYU. They are 8-5, and five, so maybe that has a little bit to do with this perceived value against San Diego State, um, who is 6-4 and four and played, um, you know, a little bit tougher schedule than BYU. Um, if you're going to kind of poke a hole in San Diego State's um, profile, you would look at their defensive rebounding. That's definitely been a concern. But then when you go compare that to BYU's, you know, offensive rebounding, which they really don't uh, crash the offensive glass, um, you know, that's less of a concern. So um, I like, I like uh, you know, San Diego State here. Just the better team laying a short number at home. I'm going to go with the Aztecs. But let's move on to the San Francisco versus Stanford game. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see uh, how San Francisco handles uh, an opponent like Stanford because the, their schedule uh, so far um, or, or to this point has, has been, uh, you know, relatively easy. Um, but then they had, you know, a, a top 30 opponent in Buffalo that they um, probably should have won that game. Um, they lost by four on a neutral floor, but uh, they shot four of 20 from three that game. I mean, that's, I mean, a real outlier there. Um, you know, they, they beat uh, Harvard, though, earlier in the year. Uh, Harvard, a top 80 team, um, you know, uh, much better much better than Stanford even. And, uh, you know, the, they won that game despite shooting two of 18 from three. So um, we've even seen them overcome a horrendous shooting night. Uh, to beat a you know a top seventy five top eighty team, um, you know I think that um, you know the schedule definitely does prop up some of their numbers. Um, right now they're a top ten uh, defense according to adjusted efficiency. I'm not all that sure that you know they're actually the number you know nine defense in the country. Um, you know, once they play a little bit tougher schedule, I know that's supposed to be adjusted, um, but um, you know, only time will tell. We'll see how this team uh, rounds out the season. But I- I'm really interested in buying on them, especially at home here. Uh, you know, clearly the better side. They are going to be laying probably eight points. It looks like, um, which I'm more than willing to do. I think that they could win this game by twelve, thirteen points, something like that, and it wouldn't be all that surprising. Um, I, I mean, the motivation is going to be there for them, uh, you know, to, to beat a Pac-12 opponent. And uh, Stanford, I mean, they just don't really match up all that well with them um, because, I mean, uh, their turnovers on offense against, like I said, a top-10 defense in San Francisco, that's just a recipe for disaster, especially on the road. And, um, you know, Stanford does, uh, does play good defense, so maybe if we get a, a cold shooting night um, – out of San Francisco again, then then maybe uh, they don't get the cover. But I, I just think that they win. I mean, if you're really concerned, maybe play uh, play them on the money line. Uh, I, I like I like them to get the cover though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the eight more than likely here um, come Saturday. So yeah, look for that one, and then uh, we'll go over the UC Davis um, Arizona game now. Originally, I have I had written this down as a possible play on UC Davis because. You know, I, I really like their defense and uh, think that, you know, Arizona's really not all that impressive on the offensive end. 
I thought that maybe they could keep this game close, but I'm just I don't know where UC Davis is going to get their their points from. Um, man, their offense has been one of the worst um, in the country. I mean, uh, as far as efficiency and turnovers and offensive rebounding, all all of it has just been awful. So, um, you know, I, I would with with that in mind, I would lead. Uh, or lean towards betting the under here. Uh, I do think it's probably a little off, uh, maybe three or four points um, off. I think if you can get uh, maybe under one, maybe under one twenty nine, um, I think that would be worth uh, worth a shot because uh, you know if you know if if UC Davis does show up to play, um, I I do think their defense can can give Arizona some trouble and I just don't see any way that um Arizona's defense isn't just going to lock down uh UC Davis uh so uh with that said I I just uh I'll lean towards the under I haven't played this one yet but uh that would be my best um guess for this one uh we'll go from there into the Fresno State Tennessee Martin game I like Fresno State quite a bit in this because I believe we're getting a little bit of a discount uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I don't really have any worries about the matchup itself. Uh, I do worry about Fresno State's motivation. You know, they haven't been all that great um, uh, in this in uh, in this role as a heavy favorite. So maybe that's some of it. But you know, I'll take the discount with them because I I just feel that um, you know. Tennessee Martin traveling out west. Their defense has been really bad all year. They can't, uh, you know, rebound the ball. Um, you know, what can they do to really uh, stay in this game? Uh, you know, not much really. They don't turn the ball over. That's good. But um, I just think that they're severely outmatched. You look at, um, they really haven't played anybody uh, comparable to Fresno State. Uh, their most difficult opponent was probably Western Kentucky or East Tennessee State games that they lost by 18 and 15. So, um, you, you know, that's that would lead me to uh, definitely back Fresno State, and I'm I'm probably gonna have to do it. As as fishy as the the line smells, um, and as much as I hesitate now to uh, back Fresno State in this. Uh, you know, big favorite role. I think I'm just going to have to end up playing it. I think, uh, you know, if I were to set a line out for this game, it would probably be uh, something like 2021. 20, so uh, to get 16 and a half, uh, yeah, 16 and a half out at Bookmaker right now, there's 17s elsewhere. So I'm probably going to go ahead and jump in, um, yeah, on Fresno State here at minus 16 and a half. And we've got one last game preview for Saturday slate. That'll be Rutgers versus Columbia. Uh, no action so far on it for me. My original buy point for this game was Rutgers minus 13 and a half. It's currently sitting at 13. Um, you know, upon looking at it, I, uh, I just, I'm a little worried about Rutgers um, offense. Um, they can go really cold at times and, uh, when they're not hitting their threes, they're they're really struggling. So, I'm going to probably hold off on laying laying double digits with this team. 
I'm more interested in backing Rutgers maybe as a as a short favorite or as a um, as an underdog just because uh, the strength the strength of this team is on their defense um, and if you look at it uh, at Columbia if they do one thing well on offense is they don't turn the ball over and they shoot threes well um, and the three point defense of Rutgers while it's um, not that bad. They uh, their real strength is in the paint with their seven footer uh, blocking shots and um, you know rebounding. So I, I just uh, you know this could actually be a game where Columbia hangs around a little bit longer than they should. Um, for that reason, if you know if they come out shooting well and uh, I just I really don't trust Rutgers' offense quite enough to to lay double digits here. I don't think uh, despite it looking like some. Um, uh, value based on the model so we will um, we'll lay off that one and um, and that'll that'll do it a little bit shorter ep- uh, shorter episode uh, this week um, judging by my um, you know notes prior to lines coming out I, I thought we would have a you know pretty um, pretty full episode here but there's just not much value uh, on a lot of these games at least uh, to the side that I wanted to bet. Um, so, uh, it ended up being a, a rather, um, short card. Um, but it looks like we're going to get maybe three to six, three to five, uh, uh, bets in for Saturday, which, which is okay. Uh, you'd like to get a little bit more action on the weekends, but I'm not going to, uh, force it. And, um, you know, you, as always, I mean, some of these games that I previewed, if you have, you know, differing opinions, uh, hopefully at least it spurred you to, to kind of further research and, you know, maybe, maybe what I, what's talking me out of a game won't, won't talk you out of playing it. So, um, I don't know, just trying to get some thoughts out on, on some of these matchups and, uh, you know, work through whether I actually want to kind of get in the market on some of these, but, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, like always, you can find me on Twitter at Betting Filter. Uh, that'll be the quickest way you can get my plays as I release them. If you would rather have email blasts sent out to your uh, or to you, um, you can do that on my blog at bettingfilter.wordpress.com. Um, that's a good way to also see my overall record uh, in the given sport. You know, so I, I release I. I will release a post that has, you know, my picks for that day. Underneath those, um, uh, those picks, I will. Uh, it has my record in that given sport, so you can find that there. Um, but overall, just you know, enjoy a good bowl season, holiday season, however you you know choose to spend it, and uh, we'll be back with another podcast next weekend. I can't fathom if you play with me. Uh, I'd be happy if you.